Hello and welcome to another episode of A Composer's Journey. I know I've been off for a couple of weeks. I've been producing this composing course with a group of 30 students and it's going really well. And I wanted to share something or just a little glimpse of something that I've been preparing for them and for myself. So uh, this is about John Williams' percussive writing, how he writes for percussion. And in particular, in this podcast episode, I want to look at how he writes for untuned percussion, your bass drums, your cymbals, although your, your timpani as well. And I want to use one example, which is, again, from Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, and it's the Quidditch match scene, which, as far as orchestration goes, is one of the most thrilling examples of orchestration in the whole of Harry Potter. I know that I've been pretty obsessed with Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone over the last uh, six months or so. I know. I think it's an extraordinary score, and I got my hands on, on one of the handwritten orchestral score copies and I just had to study it in depth and I'm learning a lot from it so I have been copying down this orchestration into Cubase so I'll just play you a little bit of it you probably recognize it So you might recognize that, that big Quidditch fanfare and everything. That's just, um, I, all I've transcribed so far are the woodwinds, the brass, and the percussion. I still need to do the strings, but I was doing it section by section. Obviously, brass had to come first. And then I was curious how he, how he matched the woodwinds with the brass. Um, firstly, why am I doing this? Again, it's partly to learn from when you transcribe or when you really study uh, a piece of music like this, you really learn through writing it out and saying, what's he done here? What's he done with the horns? What's he done with the trombones? And so on. The other reason I'm doing it, though, is because I'm trying to make an orchestral template that sounds as realistic as I can on Cubase. What I mean is I'm trying to make a template where I can just load up my Cubase orchestra and all the balance is right. All the, all the you know, it sounds as realistic as it can. Yeah, it's never going to sound as good as the London Symphony Orchestra. But from what I just played you, I think that's pretty good. And what that means is most of the time, modern virtual instruments are actually really quite good. They're not as good as the real thing played by a world-class orchestra, but they are quite good. So if your music is sounding bad on a good virtual orchestra, it may well be a problem with your orchestration and not with the virtual instruments. Obviously, it depends. You know, if you're going for entry-level 50-pound virtual orchestra, you're only paying $50 for it or something, it's not going to sound as good. I really like cinematic studio series. They're brass, they're wind, they're strings. To me, um, you know, and there are other ones as well that, that are really good. But for me, I've just, I've developed a workflow working with them and I'm really happy with the way I sound. And that's what you've just heard here. Anyway, um, let's talk about percussion. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, let's talk about percussion. So normally when um, when we're writing for percussion, you know, this music, the Quidditch music, is very bombastic. And your typical way of writing for percussion is to emphasize every beat or emphasize most, emphasize the strong downbeats, where every downbeat that comes, you'll just want to go two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, you know, every single one. And with a bass drum as well, you know, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. You're hitting 
every single downbeat. And with bombastic music like this, you'd expect it to be hitting very regularly. You know, this is full fanfare. This is full, um, almost sort of aggressive brass. Um, so you'd expect it to be hitting very often. And even Piatti, you know, the crash cymbals hitting most downbeats or every other downbeat or every four bars. A lot of people will write like that, you know, and it, it, there's nothing wrong with it. Beethoven would, would do that with um, in climaxes, hitting the strong beats of the bar with his timpani. And uh, a lot of composers will do that. And I think what John Williams does here is genuinely interesting. Um, and some of you might think I, I'm a big fanboy of John Williams. And, and yes, I am. And, and not all of John Williams's music translates perfectly to a concert hall it's made for film and sometimes when you listen to say the indiana jones march when you listen in a concert hall it, it sounds a little bit bare uh, but here i think is and that's not a criticism you know he's writing that for film but here i think what he does with percussion is really interesting and what he does is he treats the percussion quite often as a kind of counterpoint rather than just as a as a tool to emphasize specific beats of the bar he uses it as counterpoint to the music counterpoint is you know if i had a piano counterpoint is when two or more lines play off each other they're, they're doing different things but they kind of work in symbiosis so do i have a piano here yeah so classic example of counterpoint i don't know there's one line and then a second line would come So those, there are two lines working together. They're doing different things, but when you put those two lines on top of each other, they make a richer, more texturally interesting piece of music. And so rather than emphasizing each downbeat, uh, which is what you know many of us would be tempted to do, John Williams writes in counterpoint. So I'm gonna play you some examples of it. The first couple bars, in fairness, he does emphasize beats one and two. You know, so let's, I'll just play brass and percussion here. So in this case, it is one and two. It's almost, you know, there's this, there's this da ba 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 ba, and he's almost treating it like a sort of Austrian umpa band. It's going boom, crash, and boom, crash. That's bass drum and uh, piatti symbol, you know, crash symbols. Um, but then we get a little bit ahead, and we have this timpani roll coming. Maybe I'll turn up the percussion a little bit just so we can hear it extra loud, just for now. Uh, so here we go. So this is interesting. You would expect it to go bang. You'd expect it to go one, two, three, one, and hit on the G. But instead he goes one, two, three, one. So his ba 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 bum bum starts on beat two. One. Like that. So in context, that's So did you hear that? So he goes one ba 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 bum bum, and now normally, you know, if I were composing this, or if many of us were composing this, you'd every single bar of that fanfare ba 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 ya da da you'd want to go ba 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 bum bum one ba 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 bum bum one ba 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 bum bum one ba 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 bum. You'd want to do that with the timpani every bar. But listen to what John Williams actually does with the timpani.
only uses it twice, very sparing. And he only uses, you know, you all, again, you'd think it would be bar one and bar three. That would be the natural progression. But he does it on bar one and bar four. Um, you know, I'd love to be able to answer why he does that, but or why it works well. But it, it's one of those things where it just makes it more interesting because it is used sparingly and because it's not utterly predictable. Listen to that as well. You would expect it, you would expect the boom crash to be earlier. If I drag it earlier, you would expect the boom crash to be either there or here. Oh, sorry, sorry, not, not, not there, not there, not there. Um, You'd expect the boom crash, or if I were writing this, I'd probably put the boom crash here. So, all right, that's got an irritating slight delay. I apologize for that. Uh, why is that happening? Um, you'd expect the boom crash <laughs> to be. Oh, God, whatever I do is wrong, isn't it? That's what I meant. Thank you. Okay, hold on. I'll play the whole thing. You'd expect the boom crash to be here. But instead, the boom crash is here. So, very sparing. You know, you could have a boom crash every bar there. Boom, crash, a da da boom, crash, a da da beam, crash, a da da beam, crash. Instead, it's. And then nothing. And here, there's no percussion whatsoever until that cymbal crash. And that cymbal crash happens, if you can imagine the music in your head, there are flutes going, and the strings are going, trilling up there. So it's just a high point where there's a lot of high frequencies and the cymbal just enhances that. Now, if, if you were using percussion a lot, you might go boom, 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 you know, hit it every half bar, but instead there's nothing, absolutely nothing. And it leaves room for the brass to sing. And then you just get that symbol at the top to emphasize the high frequencies. Again, there, the, 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 the boom crash happens on an offbeat, if you listen. One, two, three, four. Happens on three, four. Um, you would expect, you know, if 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 it were a normal person writing percussion and not John Williams, it would sound more like this. You know, one, two. That's that's what you'd write if you were just doing normal percussion, right? One, two. But instead, he goes. Three, four, <laughs> which it's treating, like I said a little earlier on, it's treating the percussion like counterpoint. Um, it's uh, it's treating the percussion like counterpoint. It's treating them like um, in, they're, they're another instrument, another voice, rather than just a tool. You know, a lot of people would say percussion is, is a tool to emphasize the beats or this kind of percussion anyway, you know, bass drums and piatti. You would just want to emphasize the strong beats. Instead, he's going... 
if you play it with the tuba, for example, tuba, bass drum, and piatti, we got we got wah, bah, 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 three, four, one and a two, three, four, and it's almost like that line is connected like that. So rather than the percussion merely emphasizing the strong beats, it's almost like a continuation of lines. It's like he's writing, he's thinking of it in terms of counterpoint as um as another voice in the orchestra instead of just a tool for emphasis. It's another voice in the orchestra, one and a two. And all together, that is... And that's that's the last bit of percussion we get. But again, it's it's one, two, it's one, two, three, four. It's one, two, three, four. So instead of going um instead of starting on beat one, it's uh, it's just thinking about it differently, emphasizing different beats, but also thinking about it in terms of a kind of counterpoint or a sort of ryth- rhythmic interest rather than just emphasizing the obvious beats. He creates rhythmic interest by emphasizing the unobvious beats. I'm sorry if that's not a word. And by uh, starting on the wrong, <laughs> or not on the, or rather using using the percussion as, as counterpoint, as I said, as another sort of voice which continues lines from the orchestra. So let's just listen once more to the whole thing, and you can listen in particular the percussion. I have turned the percussion up to a louder volume than there normally be, just so you can really hear it. make a whole other huge thing about the um amazing brass writing here and uh which is exactly what i'm going to do i'm going to model the brass for this composing course that i'm developing and, and really talk about how he writes for brass here but anyway i hope you learned something i just found it really interesting enough i i remember i remember reading about this before this is how john williams write you know the phantom menace star wars score he does the same thing where percussion is not just used for emphasizing the big beats it's used as counterpoint and to emphasize the offbeats. And so it's something to think about to make your percussion more interesting. Don't overuse it. Use it sparingly. Use it to emphasize surprising beats. Um, you know, and you don't want to overdo this. Don't make it comical. But but think about what you're doing and think of the percussion, this kind of percussion, also as a counterpoint to the music, not just to emphasize the big beats, although it can do that when it's needed but as a counterpoint to the rest of the music to enrich the texture rather than just emphasize the texture and make it louder. You want to use percussion to enrich your texture. So with that being said, it's great to be back. um, And I'll see you very soon for another episode. Thank you for listening.